Hello, welcome back to the Quippers International Podcast, short version, and we are in the book of Hebrews, and we have finished the first two chapters of the book, and we're going to start chapter three today. We have seen how the writer of Hebrews is laying out his presentation of Jesus. It's been encouraging for me as he talks about Jesus being better. Jesus is a better revelation of God. Jesus is better than the prophets. He's better than the angels. And Jesus is a better man for man as he comes in his humanity to bring redemption and salvation to man. So it's been a great journey so far. I'm going to read the first six verses of chapter three to get us started today. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. But just as much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later, but Christ as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Great verses and a lot to look at here. So let's start and talk about the writer beginning to present Jesus as an apostle and high priest of the confession of the Christians. So the apostle just simply means that Jesus is a sent one. Uh, He references this over and over again in the Gospel of John when Jesus speaks about the Father sending him. And he is the mediator. He is the high priest between God and man, and he is the one that confirms everything that God is wanting to do on behalf of man. And he's faithful to him who appointed him. And then the writer begins to compare Jesus's faithfulness to the faithfulness of Moses. Probably a direct reference here to Moses being faithful in all of God's house from Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. It says when uh, Miriam and Aaron had brought Moses's authority into question, God spoke from heaven and he said, with my servant Moses, he is faithful in all of my household. So Moses was considered by the Jews to be the most important person in their history. He was the giver of the law and the deliverer of Israel from the oppression of the Egyptians and the one that led the children of Israel through the desert and into the promised land or up to the brink of the promised land. As you know, Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land because of his disobedience of striking the rock when the Lord told him not to. But Paul alludes to this role of Moses in Galatians 3.19 when he says in regards to the law, it was added because of transgressions having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. So we see here that Moses was considered to be the mediator between God and the people of Israel when the law was given. And for this reason, Moses was considered to be the most important person in the history of Israel. And John also says in John 1 verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, 
but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. So Moses and Jesus are both considered as faithful, but Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. So this is what the writer is driving at. He's saying, consider Jesus. Think about him. That's an imperative verb. He says, set your mind on Jesus because, verse 3, he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Now, this would be a pretty radical statement for the Jewish believers that are reading this epistle. And so it's something that is very important to the writer. He's trying to bring across to these readers that Jesus is more important than Moses, which is a big statement for the Jews to hear. So his natural grounds of reasoning is that Jesus has more glory because he is the builder of the house and the builder of the house has more glory than the actual house. I'm reminded of Jesus in his words to Peter in Matthew 16 in that conversation he has with the disciples about who men say he is. And Peter makes his confession that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus commends him and says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And on this rock of your confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. So Jesus is saying, I am the builder of the church. I am the builder of the house of God here on earth. Not only is he the builder and the maker of all things that we see, we've already seen that earlier in the book, but now he's going to turn his attention specifically to the reality of the church. And he's saying, I am the one who is the builder of this house. So Moses's faithfulness is the picture of something greater to come. This is what the writer says in verse five, Moses was faithful in all his houses of service for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken. So it was a prophetic testimony in his faithfulness of all the dealings of God in the old. It was simply a shadow of something greater that was going to come later. So while Moses's faithfulness is never brought into question, the glory of his ministry is brought into question. Now I want to turn to one passage in Paul to deal with this idea of the glory because it's the foundational passage. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 7 through 11. Beautiful passage of scripture. Listen to what Paul says. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory." Wow, what a powerful passage of Scripture. Simply put, Paul is saying, the law 
which he calls the ministry of death, because it brings condemnation to all men, it simply shows that all men fall short of the glory of God. They cannot meet the requirement that was laid out in this ministry. Even though Moses was standing on the mountain, interacting with God through the agency of angels, the glory of God shone on his face when he would come off the mountain, but that glory would fade away. And Paul says the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of righteousness in Christ Jesus abounds in glory. So this ministry that Moses was involved in, in its fleeting glory, cannot even be compared to the glory that was brought through Jesus Christ. You know, I'm reminded of the words of John in John chapter 1. He says that when Jesus came, he was manifested in the flesh. The word became flesh and he dwelt among us. He tabernacled in our midst. And he said, when we saw him, we saw the glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then he says, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth were realized. They were literally manifested through the life of Jesus. So the glory of God is his grace. It's the foundation of the new covenant. It's the means by which God says, I now offer you as a free gift of my grace toward you, my glory. I offer you my very life through my son, Jesus Christ. I offer you the ability to enter in to intimate union and relationship with me, something that the law could and never will be able to offer. That's why this ministry of Jesus has a greater glory. So I want to encourage you with these words today. Consider Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of your confession, as the one that has all the glory of God. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.